This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, this is Love Sport Radio and it is time for the Brentford Fan Show with the boys from Besotted. In the studio with me today I have Dave Laney Lane, Matt the Allard Allard evening, and Gary GP Paul. Evening. Just love these nicknames fellas, I tell you what, where do you get them from? Now, (laughs) another narrow 1-0 defeat where history repeated itself once again fellas. Lots of possession, lots of good football, little in the way of chances and one. One mistake punished. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, one mistake. Um, it, was, it was one of those games, wasn't it? Well, we seem to be having those games. And we've, over history, we've had those games. And then we have another one on Saturday. Um, and we've had quite a few of them at the beginning of this season. And one little mistake. Was it a mistake? Whose mistake was it? You know, Janssen tries to play the ball to Norgard. Norgard's got his back to the play. They take the ball. And bang, we're... One nil down, and suddenly we looks like we have a mountain to climb when we go one nil down. At the moment, previously we've gone one nil down, and when you're scoring goals and that, you know, as long as it's in the first half, you, you you're sort of thinking we're going to come back from it. But on Saturday, it felt like a big mountain to climb. And it's it's almost like you know what the problem's going to be before you start. We're, we're that predictable at the moment where our weaknesses are. It's it's clear that we are missing a number nine. We've spoken about this every week on on this radio show and every week on the podcast. Um, and you know, on on transfer deadline day, we the, the two players that we seem to be in for, um, one was you know priced out of our our what we wanted to pay for him, um, and the other one, um, you know, he flew back out to flew back out to France with his with with his nine agents or whatever it was, the Iranian guy. So. Um, we're we're frustrated. Um, you know, we've gone out into the transfer market on the well, or the uh, not the transfer market, the sort of out out of contract market. <laughs> the free free yeah. transfers, yeah. The the, the, yeah. the list of players that no one else wants. Yeah, the, the very to be concerned about market. Yeah. Um, and Nikos Karelis has, has come in last week. Um, we'll we'll speak about him a little bit later on, but you know, 
we we need we need him to start scoring goals and playing that number nine role for us. So yeah, Friday um, Saturday was another really frustrating afternoon where keeping football out of football well, it should have been the the preferred route. We should have stayed in the pub before the game. Or on the boat. Or on the boat. Yeah. So it was just the one shot, like you said. Charlton had that one chance. Brentford twenty one shots, right? Just four on target, but a superior possession percentage as well had the better of the game yeah i mean it definitely had the better of the game um the only thing in my kind of criticism at the moment is that teams are shutting us out too easily you know we had a, we started very well against leeds last week then you know they they kept us out and then took over the game again there were just big parts of that game where we did not have any threat even when we went a goal down we were kind of doing the same thing and it was only a little later on when we did a little bit of a change that we started to kind of get the odd half chance. But we're still, you know, when you couldn't, you know, not being funny, beginning of last season, we scored five in the first game. Um, I mean, yes, all right, you could say players moved out, but we just don't look like scoring goals at the moment. And, you know, 21 shots, but we didn't look like scoring 21 goals. Mm. It, they, they were, you know, speculative. They were, you know, from positions that weren't mm. that dangerous. It was only in the last five minutes and a bit of injury time where we looked like we, you know, we 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 could we could get one in the net, and then they, you know, Charlton defended for their lives. So it's it's like banging your head against the wall at the moment, and you know. But what we've come away from all of that thinking is that we're not massively broken. It's it's, it's quite clear where the problems are, but it's, it's it may not be a quick fix. It, it might still take a few more weeks yet. Yeah, it seems like Ollie Watkins is. He's making himself busy. He is creating chances. Brought a great save, by the way, out of Dylan Phillips. I mean, yeah. that was a fantastic save. He's he's getting in there. He is a, a, a striker in progress, I suppose you could say. It's all, it's, but it's one of my things is it's not all down to him. You know, mm. you you don't win the league because your striker scores. I mean, it helps if he scores 25 goals, but he doesn't need to score all 50 goals or however many goals you need to score in your 46 games, a lot more than 50, obviously. Um, You know, so other players are allowed to score. He scored two goals already this season. Nobody else has scored. Um, So he's on at the moment, if you look at it, 46 games, two out of five. He's on for maybe 20 goals this season. That's not a bad return. Mm. We need some of the other players to score. Mm. That's a problem because we're averaging, what, half a goal a game? That yeah. is going to cause you an issue. Um, but we have got, you know, Sai Ben Rama starting to play more of a part in these matches. And, you know, again, he's someone we've put a £25 million bounty on his head for. So it's someone, obviously, we know that is, is, is really potent at this level. We just need to have him out there scoring goals for us. So, you know, we're edging there. Saturday's a big afternoon. Um, Saturday against Derby County. We have to we have to start turning this around. Um, you know, it's, it's not. I mean, by no means is panic stations. We've we've we every year at this level, apart from one, we've had a run of games where things haven't gone right. But we've carried on doing the right things, and we're not we're nowhere near the kind of downs as you know of, of the previous bad runs. We're we're just not firing in all cylinders at the moment, and I'm and I'm pretty sure that, that you know it will come right. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the fact that it is a big game against Derby next weekend, and we're only you know a handful of games into the season. But we're seeing this in the Premier League as well. We just had the Arsenal fans showing the fact that they think that game against Spurs is massive. It always is, of course, but there's just more to it. You know, we're only a handful of games in, like I said, but this is already quite a big game at the weekend. Well, the thing is, we you, you you pick up bad habits in football, and you need to get rid of them very quickly. It's probably true in any sport. So, you know, if a batsman's not scoring runs, if a basketball player's not scoring baskets, we're not scoring goals 
and we're not winning games and we need to change that before it becomes an issue. Yeah, well, as per, you spoke to the fans after the game. Here's what Brentford and Charlton fans had to say after that 1-0 win for Charlton at the Valley. No, it's not, no, it's not gelling. It's, there's something badly missing there. I'm not sure. No momentum. No momentum. Uh, there's no drive from midfield. No focus up front. I don't know. It's lacking something. They defended really well. I have to give them that, but... Yeah, we didn't have the guile to unlock them. I don't know what's quite happening. It's, it's difficult. We, we, we've lost our presence in midfield. We lost a massive, massive influence in midfield with Sawyers. He was brilliant. He made our team tick. We've got two new players in midfield come from a different country. Neither of them have played recently. Feels like we're, 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 we're lacking massively. I've got to be honest, I'm not sure about Ollie Watkins as a centre-forward. You know, he tried hard today, but he doesn't have the hold-up play. We, lo- we, we seem to lack coherence. I don't know, it's a bit worrying if I'm honest. I'm always a bit glass half empty because I'm a, a long-time Brentford fan. But, I, I mean, I don't think we're relegation material, but I, I'm, I can't see a top-six team out there at the moment, if I'm honest. And I think if once we've got Ben Rama and Makocho back up to full fitness, then we could be seeing uh, a different team. The key is that we've got to stick with this team, we've got to stick with the management, we've got to stick with the head coach. It's absolutely no good getting on everybody's backs. We've got to show our support because at times like this, we've all got to dig in and do the right thing. Um, you know, the result today was disappointing. The result last uh, Wednesday at Leeds was disappointing. But, hey, it will come right. I'm sure it will. Absolutely right. For the finishing, you know, just clinical. Well, you, need a, you need a striker. You need someone. I mean, there was a, a few instances where shots were put over the bar, over the bar, well over the bar, and they were good chances. But I think we play, played fairly well. Uh, there were some disappointing uh, players. I didn't think Norgard and Macondas did a very good job. But other than that, uh, all the players were good. And when Camo and... Uh, and uh, Said came in, we actually played very well. Uh, we, we had very few shots on goals, to be honest, but except for the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, we had one, was that Canos? Uh, but other than that, we, we, we're losing a goal. We, we're not having a goal scorer, really, at this point, so we need one. Where it took the chance, you guys really, really need a forward. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, and you guys were very, very good. You actually play like we play, actually played like we played on... Wednesday evening, first half against Forest, passing the ball very, very well, but um, no end product. That's the problem for you guys. And uh, you're right, we had one chance. We, we do feel like we got out of jail on that one, to be honest. But um, I thought you always looked threatening when you were coming into that last third, but you took a long time to get the ball in there, into the box, and then you and again, nothing, nothing doing with it. That, you know, um, kind of almost at certain times, you almost looked like you were a bit scared to put the ball in there because you didn't really know what to do with it once it got in there. Yeah, well, I'd rather talk about the beers and the view and anything that you want to talk about that isn't the 90 minutes on the pitch. <laughs> and why is that him? Um, it was kind of what we've seen at the start of this season, which is not bad, but not scoring goals and not winning games. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't at Middlesbrough, so all I've seen is draws and defeats unfortunately I'd say missing a striker probably or missing movement up further up the pitch maybe being a bit quicker in central midfield as well with Norgard I'm not sure he's quite there yet uh, Jensen the, the pace in which he turns and plays I think could come but it's not quite there yet either and then just a sort of lack of sort of real attacking options when Makocho and Ben Rama came on together Significant difference, I thought. Much more sort of fluid movement up there. And then we just sort of decided to put all of the attackers on the pitch and give up with defending. And, and that gave us a bit of an outlet, but still not really 
clear-cut chances until the very end where there was some heroic defending from Charlton, unfortunately. And when I remember what I was feeling like as we were going into the first game, thinking this could really be a sort of a step up. This is a different calibre of Brentford that we might be, this, we might be playing with the sort of top two, you know, getting into the playoffs. It sort of like, it feels kind of similar to especially last season or even the seasons before that where we're looking at sort of ninth to 11th place, unfortunately. But in the grand scheme of things and in the longer term, you still take that every day. <laughs> wow, that is some reaction after that game. I tell you, you were busy after the game on Saturday. I think for me, no momentum, no drive, no guile. That stood out. Lacking coherence. Even the word relegation was mentioned. I know he followed it up by saying, well, not quite, but the fact that he even mentioned it is a bit concerning. Yeah, it, it is really. And, and as I said just before we played that sort of, you know, that, that, sounds, that sound sequence, was um, we've been in these runs before. Um, this is the sixth season at this level. Um, we, we're not sort of masters and we're not sort of massively experienced yet, I wouldn't say. And, and as fans, I think sometimes we're getting, getting used to it. Um, but we have to, we have to, we all have to kind of agree that during during the course of a season, because of the standard in this division, things aren't always going to go your way, and especially when we've just sold our our you know our top striker and brought in so many players, it is going to take quite a while for everything to settle back down again. And you know, obviously, as a fan, I'm frustrated too. And it would be lovely if we could hit the ground running at the start of every season. That's what every fan of every club wants but I as I said I, I don't think we're a million miles away we we we've had um, a season you know four or five years ago when we brought in you know a lot of players and we 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 had we've been in this situation as I said where we're, we're waiting for a lot of new players to kind of settle down I don't I don't see we're as weak as we were I think I think we we're maybe two or three games away from things being okay but we do need to get this number nine sorted out otherwise it's going to be groundhog day week in week out we're going to be saying the same thing was there I mean from from the notes that you guys have, have mentioned was there a bit of of noise a bit of discontentment at the end of the game from the fans? Yeah, there was because people will always look and see that we spent a lot of money in the summer, well, for Brentford, but we have spent a lot of money. So I think it's a two-pronged thing. There's the money that we spent and the players that we that we lost and that's the reality of the situation. We are Brentford. People are going to want our players and, you know, if, if, if an agent's talking to a player and the player wants to go to the Premier League, we can turn around and say, well, Stay with Brentford and you can get to the Premier League. However, when you're like six games in and you're not scoring goals and you're getting knocked out of the cup by Cambridge and things like that, it becomes a bit of a harder sell. Mm. I think also when you spend a lot of money, what comes with that is that means you've bought quite a few players. And, you know, they don't gel instantly. It's very unusual. Normally teams that spend money on one or two players in a transfer window, maybe three, they'll come out firing, yeah? But when you've got, I think we had five or six new players playing at the beginning of this season and carrying on playing into Saturday, it does take a bit of time, you know? So I think you just have to give it a little bit of time. There's there's maybe things about the um, the system we're playing, whether all the players that are out there suit that system, um, you know, and and it just it just needs a bit of time to gel. I'm I'm personally not in panic mode yet. 
No, and you know we had. Don't, let's look, let's not forget. Two seasons ago, we had a lot of people that were screaming that Neil Morpay wasn't up to the job, and everything was going to pot, and you know uh, Brentford were going to get relegated, and you know look 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 what happened. And we we do have to have faith and look back at recent history. There's, we're not. It's not blind optimism. It's this is kind of this is what happens. You know we're not going to get it all our way. And yeah, I'm as frustrated as everyone else. And I'd like to be sitting in second or third or fourth place, thinking right, this is only going to get better. But we're 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 not sort of stranded at the bottom of the division, and things are going to get better. We've got some cracking players to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Have faith. Have faith in the system. Have faith in Thomas Frank. We'll be hearing from him next. Love sports. This is Love Sport on the Brentford Fan Show with the boys from Bissotted, Laney, the Allard and GP. We are going to hear from Thomas Frank next to hear what he had to say about that game against Charlton. I would say it's the, um, the second time where we dominated massively. We did that at Birmingham uh, home and then now Charlton away. Both games we should comfortably walk away with three points. Um, did a lot of things right. Um, allowed uh, the opponents only to have one chance throughout the game which was our own fault um, we haven't they haven't broken us down any team yet uh, when we are defending which you can see we've been really good uh, defensively uh, but that offensive sharpness quality where it's just clicking um, yeah I, I can't hide it uh, we just need to work very hard on it and that's what we do on the training pitch um, very demanding on, on the final pass, the quality, the touch, um, the finishing. Um, but you can see if you continue to do like this, everybody knows that it will turn around. But of course, this moment in time, it's it's um, yeah frustrating when it's not just clicking. But that's football. We need to handle our emotions and our frustration, work hard and continue. Yeah, that was Thomas Frank on the game against Charlton at the weekend. I have to say, we know it. Thomas Frank, always very honest in his assessment. Can't really argue with what he was saying there, Matt. He kind of backed up what we said, I suppose. Mm. And and some people might not think that's a good thing, you know, that we're saying the same as, as Thomas Frank, but that's the first time I've heard that audio clip. Um, I think he, you know, he. it's blatantly obvious that we're not sharp in the top third of the pitch, but that's not just because of the number nine. Is You know, there's, there's several players operating in that area. Um, and it's the sort of thing, you know, there's, there's always an element of confidence, I think. And if you, the minute you start scoring goals, then it keeps going and going and going. And this is the, this is what I think we see is we have this, we have a run where we have confidence and it's going great. And then we have a dip where we don't have confidence and it's not so good. And I think that's why we have these up and down. We don't have up and down games. We literally have up and down quarters of the season. And I, so I do think it's partly confidence. And then when you don't have the confidence, you start to overthink it. And when you overthink it, it doesn't come naturally. And maybe we saw a bit of that on Saturday. I mean, there is always a time to press the panic button. There is a time as a fan. There is a time for for a club owner or a director of football to, to be going, right, this this is not good enough. The everything's everything's going to part and we need to change the guy. We, you know, we need to change the head coach. This it isn't now. You know, it isn't now, and there were there were fans that were kind of asking for that at the final whistle. And I know it's a long day, and you know, spirits are high, but you know, we haven't seen if if we'd have lost every single one of these games now, I don't think the people in charge of the club would still have the appetite for for changing anything quite yet. 
Um, you know, you, you can argue that we we could could or should have lost at Middlesbrough, but we didn't. Um, you can you could argue that we were lucky to get a point against Hull, so we we could have lost every single one of these games. But equally, we could have we could have won three of those, and we should have got something out of Saturday. Probably Leeds, we didn't deserve much out of at all. That's the that's probably the one you'd be disappointed with with your end result. The rest of them, we we've been in the game. So again, you know, it might sound really dull, but we're not a million miles away, and we, we but we do need the next game, and we do need things to improve. Otherwise, the pressure is going to start to mount. It's inevitable. Well, I do feel it's similar to last year. It's quite funny because we keep losing games by one goal. Because um, last year we were like losing games three two. And things like that, just because we made so many defensive mistakes. Now we've tightened them up, and we can't score at the, you know, at the front. And I did. I remember um, saying to a couple of guys the other day, "It's managing Brentford seems like it's like the old act where they used to spin the plates on poles. Uh, you get the ones on the right going, so the strikers are looking fine. Then next thing, your defence is wobbling. Go down there, get those going. Look back, and the strikers have stopped scoring. <laughs> and 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 you know, and maybe that is something in the changes we've had is that we've got players who are we've got some quality defenders that have come in who are good defensive players arguably they're not as good going forwards as Konza as Barbe Barbe used to ping those balls Konza could come out and we're not seeing that with any of the players yet any of the new um, central defenders yet so you know does that impact a little bit on how we are offensively yeah but I do think I do think what we've seen so far should make it really obvious um, for the for the coaching staff to be able to correct it I mean it couldn't be any more glaringly obvious where the problems are and I think the, the midfield I thought I thought by the end of the game with Makocho in there we looked a more potent team coming forward good to have him back brilliant to have him back yeah um, and then obviously with, with Ben Rama on the pitch there are certain players that have fallen well short. Mokondes is is one of those, I think, at the moment. Um, maybe he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to sort of make way. We've, we maybe we persisted with him for a one game too many, or or maybe not one game too many. But he's had his chance now, and he'll have to wait for another another one on the bench. But um, the the mid there's enough bodies in that midfield. There's enough members in the squad for him to get the right combination. You know. Again, for the hundredth time tonight, it's 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 the it's the one at the top of the triangle that's is, is the issue. Yeah, Marcondes certainly has had his chances. Obviously, that that chance on the opening day of the season when he hit the bar, and it seemed like the chance he had against Charlton, it seemed like an eternity for the ball to come down, just wasn't sharp enough. But that question of two goals in five games was one levelled to Thomas Frank after this one. I would say I would say two things. We can see the four and five, which is. Uh... Very good if we keep keep that down, uh, but of course we need to score much more. Um, everybody can see that. Uh, but the chances we created, especially uh, home against Birmingham and Hull, and today, is far by far enough to to win the all three games comfortably. Um, so we just need to to continue work hard on it, and that's things in life. Sometimes uh, it's not easy. It's not easy this moment in time, and just get it. You know, we don't get the um, the easy goals. So. We just need to continue. Well, we might have an answer, chaps. Laney, you did mention him earlier on. Nikos Karelis has come in, a free transfer. Not a bad goals record over the years, but he's had his problems with injuries. Quite a unit as well, this fella. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a chunk. Um, <laughs> 
he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's, he's got bro- very broad shoulders, yeah. has that young man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously had a, a slightly sketchy last couple of years. Um, Genk obviously didn't want to keep him on or he didn't want to re-sign for them. He's had um, cruciate ligament problems, but he's represented Greece at pretty much every single level. Uh, he's clearly got some calibre about him, um, and the DOFs have said that he has been on their radar um, for for a little while, obviously not top of the shopping list. Let's be honest. Otherwise, they would have they would have got him before the window. But uh, yeah, the, we're but we're pinning a lot of hopes on him. Um, Marcus Force. There was some kind of rumor circulating after the game that he was going to be sent out on loan um, this week. That's not materialised as far as I know yet. And that we were scratching our heads, wondering what on earth that would mean if like the only fit nat- kind of natural centre forward we've got is is sent out somewhere else. I mean obviously he does need game time. Um and if they thought he was the actual answer at the moment he'd be he'd be on the pitch. But I I don't think that sends out the right message to have absolutely no options up top. So whether that was just a kind of just a Chinese whisper or not, I I don't know. But um yeah so Corellis I don't know. I'm not sure. We were talking about this before. Is he? Do you think he's? What kind of part is he going to play, and how quickly is he going to be playing? Well, I think you have to look at. I mean, De Silva joined us last season without a preseason. It took him, I think, six to eight weeks before he got a sniff of the first team. Um, there were people saying he's, you know, Corella should have been on the bench on Saturday. I don't think that's realistic. I don't yeah. think we'll see him this weekend either. Um, I, we, we, we got some form with this. You know, we had Yosefsson came. He'd been injured. We took Odebarjo back. He came off long injury. So we've done it before. We know how to do it, but it doesn't involve throwing them in there at the deep end with very little match fitness. It involves them going for a period of intensive, you know, training at, at, at Brentford and, um, and us deciding when they're match fit. Uh, but uh, we that, could still be waiting a few weeks. That's a really important point as well. We are very good at re- re- rehabilitation and reintroduction of, of of players. You think about Scott Hogan. You know he had mm. he had a horrendous injury. Rico Henry's been out pretty much all the time. <laughs> um, but you know shoulder reconstructions and knee reconstructions and, and all kinds of bionic nonsense that's been going on there. But you know, so we do know when the right time is to to reintroduce so again i think i think they'll be the they'll, they'll be the ones to judge that gp i have to ask as to how much pressure he's going to be on Corellis coming in because obviously there is a vacancy we've discussed it on this podcast like you said we've talked about it non-stop on the show ever since the show came back at the start of the season but brentford need a number nine Corellis is going to come in and he is the player to fill that void so there's quite a lot of pressure on him to deliver there will be um remember when marcondes first came over because he'd scored a lot of goals in denmark and there was a lot and i think it it might have actually harmed him the fact that he didn't score 22 goals in his first game (laughs) you know not that we want that much but yeah there will be a lot of pressure on him um there will be a lot of pressure on the guy um, we need to be careful, and I do think we need to temper our expectations. Well, I don't we need to temper our te- expectations with the season, the way it started so far, but with individual players as well. Absolutely. Well, the news obviously this week has rumbled on with the Bolton and Berry situations currently on the. Well, can we say liquidation? Very, very close to it, of course. We are going to be discussing that after the break. This is Love Sport. This is Love Sport and the Brentford Fan Show with me, Matt Beadle, with the guys from Besotted. Delighted to say that we have got Mitchell, a Leeds United season ticket holder on the line, who wants to speak about the game in midweek last week. Mitchell, how are you doing? 
How are you? All right, mate. Yeah, very well, thank you. What do you want to put to the boys? Yeah, no, there's plenty. To be honest, there's plenty of positives from both sides, actually. I think Brentford looked quite a good outfit. Um, definitely caused us some issues in the first half with uh, Watkins and Canos. But you could see that Brentford were lacking that, that killer instinct up front. And I think losing Morpé as they have, then that's it's a massive blow. You know, it's, it's easy to take 20 million in off a, a striker as good as his qualities and then not replace him, as you've seen. You know, they've uh, they've played Birmingham City on that first game and they've had a load of chances, hit the crossbar. Um, they've missed they've missed some really good opportunities to win football matches, including that one in, against Charlton. But I thought I thought overall Wednesday we had that one. I thought so, we were so, better side overall. Yeah, Mitchell. So I mean, in the in the second half, you know, Brentford didn't really come out and do much at all. Second second forty five. First, as you, as you say, the first period we did cause you a few problems, and you know, especially sort of early on, we had we we sort of like our passing seemed to be a bit quicker and, and slicker up the top, but. Did you feel like the goal was always going to come, or do or were you starting with the crowd starting to get a bit frustrated? Well, I, I think the crowd were getting frustrated because you know I know Brentford are a very good side, and especially playing with the ball, you probably want to up with Leeds, probably one of the best teams to do it actually, and that's why I do quite like watching Brentford. Um, I think with obviously the defence for me getting a lot stronger this year at Brentford, uh, with Pontus Janssen obviously uh, going to you guys. Um, but no, obviously, of course, I think I think you're a very good side, ball-playing side. And in a way, you're very similar to Leeds. But I think to beat Leeds, you know, there's only one thing that you have to do, and that's press at us. You know, if teams don't do it because they're quite, they're a bit petrified to do it because of how good we are with the ball. But if teams do come at Leeds a bit more, that you know, I think we would find, I think teams who cause us a few more problems. But, you know, teams, when they come to Ellen Road, aren't going to get much this year. And that's not me being biased, it's just, He's such a fortress now, what we've got there. And under Marcelo, his methodology and his ways and means about things, it's very hard for teams to come. And like yourselves, you know, no offence to you guys, no disrespect or anything like that, but a team like Leeds United, you know. I was waiting for the, massive, I was waiting for, waiting for the butt. Club. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, you know, hopefully, we should be turning teams over like Brentford. Teams like Brentford, yeah. Good luck yeah. for the rest of the yeah. season. All right, cheers. No. All, all Brentford need is a striker, and I tell you now, you'll be pushing for a playoff spot. Cheers, Simple Mitchell. Cheers, mate. Nice Great. one, Mitchell. Thank you very much. That was Mitchell, Leeds United season ticket holder. Didn't know where he was going when he first started talking about Leeds United. There, <laughs> I know, but he, he, got, he got the teams like Brentford in. <laughs> the hashtag teams like Brentford. Do you not like that? Must get to you. Don't like those. We we, we laugh about it, to be honest. Yeah. It's, 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 um, where does that come from? That type of that, like, comment. Um, well, just they believe that they People should be beating teams like Brentford. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay, now, Bolton Wanderers face one of the most crucial weeks in the club's 145-year history after they were left on the brink of liquidation today. We are going to speak to Paul the Proud Wanderer about the latest shenanigans from the Trotters. Paul, thank you for joining us. Paul? Hello. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks, thanks for joining us. It's good that teams like Brentford are interested, no? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Cheers. Hashtag teams like Brentford, absolutely. <laughs> talk, talk us through the, the range of emotions you guys have been going through since the start of the season and, of course, after today's news. Uh, despair, um, more despair, uh, disbelief, and anything else beginning with dis, really. Mm. It's tough times, isn't it? Disenchanted. So I mean, it's, it's it's as a fan, it's it's your worst nightmare, isn't it? The threat of your club not existing anymore. 
Um, you know, but this is as a fan, you just feel impotent because there's not a lot you can do, mm. not a lot Bolton fans can do. We're in the hands of an owner that hasn't really run the club very well and might prefer to take the option of liquidation than the offer that's on the table by the administrators. And the, the you know the the football league at the moment they're 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 kind of they they seem to be giving you time but you know time's not something that you know a new football season really needs you know you need to fulfill fixtures you need to fulfill your schedule this season you know it's, it's, I, I it's think not looking if the good. football league were giving time and really had belief in what they call integrity of of the of the competition the time would have run out before the start of the season, really. Mm. I mean, what good is it that Barry have had six games um, postponed? What good is it is to Doncaster that we didn't play the game last week and, and this is a miracle and we, are, we do survive? When we finally play, we'll, we'll have a decent team. It doesn't make a lot of sense, really. Either you can fulfil all your fixtures at the beginning or you can't, and that's, that's the EFL... I don't think they've handled the situation very well, really. But then I think, I think fans of, oh, of, of Coventry or of, of Birmingham or of Blackpool or of Portsmouth would also think much the same, really. And you know, I know you're not going to agree with this, and I, and I, I, cer- <laughs> I, I, I certainly, I certainly don't agree with this. But some people have said that before football clubs and and the football football industry. Before they wake up, something clubs. It's going to take one or two clubs to to go bust. Do you think? Yeah, I just hope it, I just I, I kind of thought the same. Mm. Obviously, I wish it. Well, it's not going to be my club. I still wish it's not going to be my club. But it, you know, it, it, it might take it might take both wonders to disappear for everyone else to wake up. And um, we, we're playing a club. Other, other people might think, well, that's a reasonable price to pay. But but for me, it's 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 far too high. And we're we're playing a. A club on Saturday in Derby County that have just sold their ground that to give them, you know, a, a way around FFP. Um, yeah. So, so at the moment, it's, it's, it's it, so, you know, it, it may be working for them, but for a club like ours at the moment, where we're constantly selling our best players to keep keep the books balanced, as it were, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's galling. You know, we're we're and tell Co- tell Coventry that that was a good idea. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, absolutely. You know? So we're, we're, we're... It, it makes no sense. I mean, at the heart of it, whether you like Bolton Wonders or you don't like us or whatever, at heart, the problem here is is one of governance, ownership, really, and, and finances and structure. And either there's, there's a more level playing field or financial doping will continue as it has for the last 10 or 15 years. And the more, the m- more money in the game, I think the more financial doping you'll get. And, and you know, I don't we're, th- on the, we're on the duff end of that. I don't think there's any, any fan that kind of is worth, worth the name, would, would, you know, whether they like Bolton or whether they like Berry or not, would want to sort of to see you as a fan base to go through what you're going through. But, well, there's um, a few in Tramia that wouldn't, won't shed a tear, but never mind. <laughs> well, mm. But do, do, you think that is the, do you think that is the case, Paul? Because it, no, do, it does feel I've like... I've just the... been on Sky Sports' Twitter feed and the number of people who are ha-ha-haing uh, goodbye Bolton Wanderers is, you know, yeah. it's well, thickening. It's, it's... But I, I'm, sure, I'm sure if it was our old friend the Leeds United fan, it was Leeds United going bust, then there'd probably be a few Bolton fans chortling along with that as well. So, you know, what goes around comes around. 
Yeah, um, well, I, I, I guess so it, to a certain extent. And you mentioned Twitter there. There was a tweet that has done the rounds this week, of course, that Alexis Sanchez earned £41 million in wages at United. A club like Berry need £2.7 million just to exist. Do you think there is yeah. a responsibility from the Premier League to get involved here? Um, well, there isn't legally, but there is. I think there is morally. But then, you know... A discussion on on morals in football would be a very short discussion <laughs> indeed, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it must, it, it, it must your, your time in the Premiership, which which wasn't that long ago, it must seem an an eternity away now. It must seem like it's some idiot pre- tweeted we were top of the league eight years ago, and it's like shut up, I don't need to know that. <laughs> Paul, the problem. But there the... you go. I mean, I mean, where Bolton Wonders are, maybe you know, maybe Stoke are behind us. I mean, Stoke. If I was a Stoke fan, I would be very, very worried. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Paul, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your time this evening. Yeah, good luck. No worries, guys. Have a good season. Cheers. What do you make of that one, gents? It's tough, isn't it? It's, it's, it's really tough. Um, it makes you feel very grateful. Um, and it also makes you kind of reflect at um, 10, 15 years ago where when things weren't looking great for us at all. We were rattling buckets outside Griffin Park um, until... Bees United came along and, and got us organised and, and started running the club. Um, you know, we look back to the, the dark days of David Webb and um, the, 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 the yeah. debt that Ron Knows left us in. Mm. Even um, the, the, well, a lot of people say the demolition of the Royal Oak done for financial reasons. Um, yeah, I mean, Brent, Brentford have, you know, obviously we've never been a rich club <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but we've always seemed to have made sacrifices to balance the books. As you say, you know, we knocked down the biggest stand, you know, it held sort of 15,000, 18,000 people, and we, it meant we probably would never have had to have moved if we still had that space there now, but we sacrificed that land to build flats on to 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 stay alive. So we've we seem to have kind of managed our debt to a better or lesser extent within our means we've certainly and not until this transfer window just gone started spending big big money on tra- on transfer fees but we we've, we've done that because we've got huge transfer fees coming in so we haven't sort of sold the family jewels and we certainly haven't sold the stadium to fund it so it's 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 kind of yeah careful careful yeah i don't know if i mean i wouldn't there have been times where we've not been sustainable by any stretch of the imagination um and there've been times where we've come close and you know to being in a similar perilous position on you know two occasions um it's it's just pretty desperate isn't it i mean i, I it my heart bleeds really for football fans when when there's potential to lose your club because you know and i know i see on twitter people sort of saying ah oh, Bolton Wanderers ah but i mean really Football I d- fans, I, I don't d- get it. No, I I don't buy into what he's saying. I don't endorse that theory that footballs have fans haven't clubbed together with this. I think there's probably a few yeah. numpties on social yeah. media who are just saying, yeah, we don't want people there. But I do think, and you guys are a great testament to this, that you have a great relationship with opposing fans. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing, I mean, again, I think a lot of the Twitter stuff can be dismissed. I, mean, I know we mentioned, obviously, the um, Sanchez thing. And the thing is, that's not, that's just putting a plaster you know, mm. on a laceration. It's not actually so it's not actually solving the issue. The issue is, yes, probably the best thing you can do is have a much more um even distribution of the money in the game. That's not gonna happen. That but, is not gonna happen. But G P, you know, you sent that that link to the article that the Bolton yeah. chairman had, had written ten ten years ago 
calling for basically a breakaway of the top two divisions and and no relegation. So it's it's kind of like there wasn't there wasn't a lot of kind of holistic kind of mm. like for the better of the whole game. But I remember I remember reading a book when they were talking about the formation of Premier League and the teams like Luton and Notts County that voted for it and never actually played in it because they were shown the riches they could have, but nobody actually said, well, what if you get relegated? Mm. That's what I mean. Ten years ago, um, Phil Gartside looked at that and thought, yeah, that could, hap- that could happen because you've got, you had teams like Portsmouth with people putting in a lot of money. Leeds, somebody, you know, a shake could come and put money in the Leeds, the size of that club. That club could go somewhere and you've got teams like Wigan, and Bolton that were in the Premier League, whose existence then becomes somewhat shaky. Yeah, very well. Very good point. Sorry, GP. Well made. It's a breath of fan show on Love Sport. We've got about 11 minutes to go. Love Sport. Yeah, this is Love Sport, the Brentford fan show on Love Sport with the boys from Bissotted. Now, I'm sure everybody listening watched Ben Stokes. A redemption of sorts for Ben Stokes in winning that third test against Australia. They now go into the fourth test, one apiece. The Ashes is up for grabs. Now, gents, you've been putting some tweets out about one man wins for Brentford, moments where a player has single-handedly done the club some good. And, Matt, you've got some replies. Yeah, yeah, there's a few here. There's um, Tony Berg said Arusu against Southend, um, the away game. Do you remember that? That was, yeah, the hat trick, I think it was, yeah. That was a, that, that, yeah, that, that can kind of fit in this. It wasn't so much back to the wall, but it kind of felt like a one-man Yeah, he was unplayable that day. Um, you know, um, there's also um, Anthony Hannon said about Alan Judge for about six months. He literally carried the team, and mm. I can see something in that. I don't know if there were yeah. specific games, but um, but yeah, there was that period where you know everything was focused around Alan Judge to the point where it almost became too much, and all the other players. Yeah. You know, Alan Judge was literally here, there, he was everywhere. Then we tried to play him up front, but and that's where it kind of ended <laughs> when we played him up front against QPR. Um, so yeah, there was that. Um, some talk about um, Hotter. Hotter had that period, um, the game against Rotherham at Griffin Park in 2017. Um, so that was from Richard Eden. Uh, I think the interesting one, um, and this maybe is a bit more like the sort of the, the backs of the wall stuff, is um, Mickey G said Charlie McDonald, uh, MK Dons. Oh, yeah, that, that game that's absolutely freezing, and Brentford were just not at the races at all and to be honest it was very similar to what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks where they had all the ball we were sitting in the away end couldn't see a thing everything's down there and then all of a sudden the breakaway goal like with minutes to go yeah I I also actually you you know it's a slightly different perspective but the one where we came back from unless so if you take Ben Stokes out of it and just say that England had lost in in, I would. I was trying to explain to somebody how this, what this game would have looked like if it was a football match. Just somebody nothing <laughs> about cricket, never watched cricket in their life. I said we're about six nil down at half time. Yeah, and that's kind <laughs> yeah. of where we were. Yeah. yeah, going into that last innings, about six nil down at half time. Um, and um, and I suppose the game that I remembered, where we were definitely not going to get anything out of it, was two nil down at home to um, Ipswich. I think it was first game of the season, and mm. we're now into injury time. And somehow we end up with a two-all draw with Tarkowski scoring in the 90th plus six minute or something like that. Um, so that's kind of that for me is a, an example of when we weren't going to get anything out of that game. Probably half the people are left. And really, I mean, that's that's always you know the, the Stokes performance yesterday for England and having a player that just 
it epitomizes that never ever give up never say die whatever the score is you're always going to believe you still can win and as you said it's the equivalent of that was like as you said six nils down and then you've, you've you want you win seven six with nine men in the last minute it was it was like I don't, I don't, we'll probably never see anything that matches that exactly no, so. but matt the nearest thing we really got to, to to that was the great escape under martin allen yeah, so um, 2003-2004 season, we're in the relegation zone. Um, Wally Downs goes and Martin Allen turns up from Barnet. Um, not the first time he'd left Barnet, not the last <laughs> yeah. time he'd leave Barnet, obviously. And, and another very fiery character. Yeah, and mm. another fiery character. And you can, and there, is some, there is something of Martin Allen and Ben Stokes. You, know, you can see some, although Martin Allen wasn't out on the pitch doing it, he was directing yeah. stuff. Um, and then he came in, and 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 it was the great escape, you know. It but was... yeah, but the thing is, he, cause I remember um, hearing an anecdote how he said he turned up and saw some fans the night before his first day, who and he said they were they looked down on the ground and he was like, "We are going, you know, we're going to survive, and we're going to, you know, I'm here now. We're going to keep you up." And it was, it did almost seem like that. And it was, a, it was a, the the first game as well. The the um, was it. Um, Dagenham and Redbridge, they turned up and yeah, they, they were, oh, up late, Russian and Diamonds, they? I think it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. They, they turned up really late, and Martin Allen had all the players out on the on the on in front of the fans, warming up for about twenty five minutes, really whipping the crowd up. So we were all waiting for it. So the bond the bonding had started by then. We won that game three two, and it was again real nail biting. And then mm. I think we won four. Did we won four? Drew three, and then there was the one one defeat up at Grimsby. Which yeah, I mean, uh, and I was almost drew a parallel with the miss stumping because it was almost like Grimsby beat us 1-0 and I think it was on Bank Holiday Monday and Grimsby were in there as they well were in they there. were in there weren't they they were, so they were in the relegation we've, sat there, we've lost and it's like is that it is the great escape over and then they're celebrating on the pitch saying ah oh, waving at us and that they were, they were probably waving at us, and you yeah. know the the, the just they weren't waving, pro- they weren't waving properly, the though, were they? They, I mm. think their hands might have been the wrong way around, <laughs> no, and no. they weren't using all their fingers. But. <laughs> all right, so it was a, it wasn't a goodbye then. No, but yeah. So, but so like again, so it was like that misstumping yesterday. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, it was almost yeah, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this for them, and then we had obviously the final day, and you know, was just an amazing day, and you you felt it was going to happen. So people weren't really, you know, there was a bit of nervousness, but I don't think people were really down and thinking we're down. People really, because of the way that Martin Allen picked the team up, we did think we were going to get out of it. There was still that little bit of doubt, but we thought we were going to win it. And then when it was Alex Rhodes that scored with about eight minutes to go, which meant that we were safe. And I always remember right at the end, everybody's on the pitch and somebody lifted Alex Rhodes up on his shoulders and Alex Rhodes had this look of oh my god I'm about to die <laughs> like, and I like saw him looked in it just saw the sheer horror in his face I was like get him down get him down get him down quickly and, like, and he was like oh thanks I think Ben Stokes looked like that every time Jack Leach faced a ball didn't he yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, you know, we all he were. like he wouldn't he wouldn't even look you know he looked he looked like he was sort of going through all sorts of you know terrible times didn't he yeah. but you know that's that's something i don't really want to go through again i'm quite happy never to have another relegation battle in my life no I yeah me too i i do have one and it's quite a, a loose one really a bit of a straw clutcher um but he'd kill me if i didn't mention it 2010 league cup against everton a goalkeeper had quite an inspired mm. performance that mm. night 
Mr. Richard Lee. Yeah, yeah, mm. and that and that is and I suppose that is kind of there's something in that as well is that you know you're playing this team it looks I mean I don't think we ever felt we were down and out I quite fancied penalties that night mm. but um, yeah. but yeah we we that night was sort of yeah Richard Lee's night wasn't it and if it wasn't for him in that short span of time that that penalty shootout then yeah yeah for sure it was a uh, that was quite a night, that one. It yeah. was quite a night, and he was, a, he was a really good goalkeeper for us as well. Was he? Because yeah. uh, I never really saw much of his career at Brentford, but he speaks so highly of his time there, and he'll be in tomorrow morning, and I'll definitely mention to th- this to him when he's in. But, yeah, in terms of the fans' take on Richard Lee as a goalkeeper for Brentford, what was that? He had a sticky start, didn't he? Because he yeah. came in, and in a pre-season friendly... He, I think he let him Fulham, five, wasn't it? Yeah, against and Fulham. I think Chesney yeah. had been the goalkeeper the season prior, right? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And then they went and um, then um, Andy Scott then bring Ben Hamer back, and um, which kind of you know it was the old well hold on we've got twenty two goalies now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, no, I, I think Brentford fans look back at Richard Lee with with very fond memories. Mm. I, I don't think there's, there's not there's not a kind of oh god about him whatsoever. So. Um, he, yeah. he's, he's a good example of where, of, you know, we said it about Mope already this evening. He's another good example of where people wrote him off very quickly mm. and he came back he and himself. that night he became a hero. Mm. I was absolutely guided when he um, did his shoulder and missed Wembley day. Yeah, he was as well. He also moved to Fulham, which he got a bit of stick for on Twitter. Yeah, he was very yeah. late in his career. Yeah, so he should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not taking that back. Yeah. <laughs> what a great way to end this show. This has been the Brentford Fan Show on Love Spot with the guys from Besotted, the LR, GP and Laney. Thank you very much for joining me, gents. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.